and welcome to Circle Sanctuary Network Podcasts, brought to you by Circle Sanctuary, one of the oldest nature spirituality churches in the United States, connecting people of nature center paths around the world. Join us through the week for a variety of shows discussing various topics, celebrating the divine in all of its forms through nature worship, rituals, education, and building bridges of community. Hello, everybody. How are you? Good morning. Welcome to um, our virtual Samhain presentation. And of course, my name is Laura Gonzalez. I'd like to welcome you to this Samhain presentation. I am making sure I'm on the right place, the right time, and doing the right things because this is live and all everything has to be connected as properly. So for all of those who have been uh, part of Cirque Sanctuary, you probably know me. I'm Laura Laura Gonzalez. I was ordained last year uh, on the very first virtual ordination online. And I am your everything Day of the Dead Reverend. And as always in this time of the year, it is my honor and pleasure to come to you and present yet again something else about Day of the Dead. And the most wonderful part of it all is that there is so much that can be said about Day of the Dead that I can keep coming for many, many years if Circle allows me to have the space. And I don't think I will ever finish telling you everything about Day of the Dead. It's just a wonderful, beautiful holiday. But for those of you who probably have never attended one of my presentations or classes or you're new to Circle or you're new to Circle virtually, we're going to go a little bit into memory lane of what Day of the Dead is. So before I forget, I'd like to acknowledge the land in which I'm standing. I'm coming to you from Chicago, the land of the Potawatomi, the Menominee, and the Miami. And I am originally from the land of the Mexica Tenochka people known as Mexico City. And let's never forget to do that land acknowledgement, Laura. So I'm going to go ahead and share some screen with y'all. And here we are seeing these very beautiful and colorful images. And what you're seeing right now on your screen are two amazing, impactful, colorful images, two um, personifications of entities of life and death. And these two entities here, I was going to say these two guys. Yeah, I call them guys. These two guys represent precisely life and death. Because without death, there is no life. And without life, there is no death. So the uh, figure on your right side of your screen the figure that is darkened, uh, it has tints of black and green. He is Quetzalcoatl, the god of life or the breath of life. That's why his mouth is like a beak, like a bird. And the, the image on your left side, which is more like white and yellowish, is uh, Miklantecutli, the god of death or the personification of death. And as you can see, they are two sides of a coin, so to speak. The myth uh, tells us that humanity has been um, 
created four times before the time of Quetzalcoatl's creation and that humans were just not sturdy enough. <laughs> the uh, humanity keep failing and the attempts keep being uh, futile. And then uh, Quetzalcoatl finally said, okay, I'm gonna do it myself and I'm gonna create humanity. And what he did according to the mythology, and I'm just running through this myth on a very, very uh, colloquial way, um, Quetzalcoatl decided, I'm going to go to the underworld, I'm going to go to the land of the dead, the Mictlan, and I'm going to collect the bones of the old generations, and I'm going to create humans finally sturdy and, you know, ready to live the human experience. And Mictlan Tecutli said, okay, yeah, you can do it, but it's not going to be that easy. Like every other god, god of the underworld, Mictlan Tecutli, of course, was trying to trick Quetzalcoatl and not just let him like, yeah, sure, go ahead, come and get the bones. You know, there has to be some uh, trials and tests that he had to go through and to ultimately reach to the place of Mitekasiwat, the goddess, the feminine divine that looked over the bones. And some of these tests include, but we're not limited to being attacked by bees, being squashed to death by giants and so on and so forth. But finally, Quetzalcoatl comes in contact with Mictecasiwat, and she said, um, okay, you have reached the point where the bones are, you can take them. So Quetzalcoatl put them all on a sack, and then off he goes out of the underworld and into the upper world. But Mictecasiwat was not done with tricks and tests, and he tripped him, and he tripped them into a hole on the ground, and then went Quetzalcoatl and off went the bag of bones and they were all broken and separated. And Quetzalcoatl, I can only imagine he rolled his eyes and put the bones back in the bag and, you know, came out of the underworld and into the upper world. And then uh, he took the bones to Siwakoatl and put his life force on these bones. What is that life force? I leave that to your imagination. Could be blood, could be semen, could be sweat, could be, could be tears. And she uh, makes those bones on a cauldron, on a clay pot, and off came humanity. But because the bones were broken and mixed, that's why we are so different. And that's why you have tall people and short people and larger people and shorter people and people with tones that are darker, like close to the earth, and then people with tones in their skin that are lighter, like on the sky. And I love this myth of uh, humanity's creation because it talks about diversity. We must never forget, though, that this ceremony, I'm sorry, that this celebration it is a celebration that is an agricultural celebration. And what you see on your screen right now, it is a depiction that is thousands of years old, that it was on the Mexican codexes. Uh, this is probably one of the few that survived that was stolen, I mean, um, relocated with the colonizers, with the Spaniards. And on your left-hand side, you can see the flowers and the fruits and the seeds. And the uh, governing entities or deities that were overseeing this festival 
which was a festival of flowers and fruit. And on your right-hand side of your screen, you see people that are doing a little bit of a spiral dance, if you will. And there is a pole, and that pole was filled, <laughs> was rubbed with grease. And the young people, mostly men, had to climb the pole and then reach for the banners or the standards that were here, uh, flags, and they will win a prize, of course. And this was all done in celebration to honor the earth, to mark the ending of the agricultural year and to celebrate through metaphor, the fruit and the flower. That's why it is so important that in our altars nowadays on Day of the Dead, we have the marigold flowers and we have the fruit. Originally, it was uh, the plum as a fruit and of course the marigold flower because marigolds are in bloom right now in Mexico and they're beautiful and they're so aromatic and so colorful. And that's why we have them so uh, very present on the altar. This festivities remember still the presence of Mixtecasiwat, who is the goddess of the death. She is the lady that presides over the bones and she welcomes all the people who have died, but especially women who have died after giving birth or at giving birth and any other women and mothers in um, she presides over the bones of every single one of us. In modern um, explanations of these deities or forces, it is believed that she will embody it by we pagans called the feminine divine and the internal intuitive healing part of our body. Because Mictlan and Mikistli, which are the words that we use for dead now, are words that are actually, the meaning of those words is actually to dream and to go into slumber. Um, and it is then, science proves now that it is then when our body recovers and regenerates itself. That's why in the morning we have to get rid of the toxicity that she had cleansed within our body. And of course, we have also the presence of the masculine divine, he who represents our connection with the outside world, right? Uh, our senses, smell, sight, touch, etc., and how those um, senses regenerate as well when we rest. So these are all images that represent the ancient indigenous origin of what we now call Day of the Dead. Of course, on the offerings, we're going to find the fruit and we're going to find the um, flowers because this takes us back to the ancient times of indigenous people and the celebration. And now this is where I can tell you, right? So nowadays, a lot of people think that the celebrations are of Catholic origin. That is not truth. The Catholic colonizers, the conquistadors, when they came to the to Mexico, I'm sorry, when the conquistadors came to the American continent, um, they brought that their Catholicism, but that Catholic practice was already very heavily influenced by 
uh, Eastern European paganism and Indo-European practices of uh, sacredness on the land. So the Catholic religion tried to eradicate this holiday and by doing so uh, moved the 40 days that were celebrating um, harvest time into two days that are now All, All Saints Day and All Souls Day. And they tried to eradicate the uh, earth worshiping holiday and then they just made it huge because everybody celebrates Day of the Dead. And if you go to Mexico, you can find people who are atheists or agnostic or Gnostic or um, from different religions and they might believe on different things. But I think everyone in Mexico actually believes that the dead come um, back on November 1st and November 2nd. And in some different regions of Mexico, you know, the celebrations begin a few days before. And in some uh, parts of Mexico, people don't celebrate, they don't go out as much as we do uh, in the center. If you can imagine in your head the map of Mexico that is like a cornucopia, kind of like a corn of plenty, it will be on the southwestern side of Mexico, what we call the belly, uh, where we have most of the celebrations, you know, what the songs, um, names that you might be familiar, you know, Acapulco, Oaxaca, Guerrero, uh, Chiapas, and that southwestern side of Mexico, what is the very belly of it. And then, of course, Mexico City is huge. But um, this is usually, every time I see this photo, it just takes my breath away because this is what you see in the sacred burial sites in Mexico. This is what people do on the tombs. They go to the cemeteries and they adorn them with, of course, tons of flowers. There's also, of course, the Catholic influence, and then you see the crosses there. And that, that particular uh, burial site, it almost looks like a cathedral, right? Like this person really went out and adorned it so heavily and so big. And um, you have the candles and then sometimes mariachi bands or trios or any kind of music now modern days of course the uh, radio or the speakers you know with the phone and whatnot but there is also that big um, moment of celebration of life because what we do when we honor the dead is we're celebrating the life a lot of people, and it's even in one of those movies that uh, it is kind of like a joke, you know, like, why are Mexicans so obsessed with death? We are obsessed with life. We are obsessed with happiness. And we see death at, as part of life, you know, and we celebrate and honor those who are gone. So this is what usually happens on the celebration of Day of the Dead. Now that is this big amalgamation of indigenous traditions and Catholic traditions and then modern day traditions. And this is what you see. I decided to name this um, talk for today more alive than ever because I cannot escape the circumstances of the last two years. I mean, we are meeting here virtually today because of the pandemic, because of COVID. And Mexico had to close the cemeteries for the first time 
in over a hundred years for the first time ever last year because of COVID. It has been devastating for the whole country not to be able to celebrate like we usually do, especially on that area that I told you, the southwestern uh, side and the center of Mexico. And we have gone through such traumatic events, right? I mean, I don't need to explain to any of you what the amount of losses that we have had globally, the disparity that we have seen on this world and the injustice on how resources are not shared equally. And on top of that, we have the emotional and spiritual deficit of going through a pandemic and the immense amount of losses that we have had. So locally in Mexico, we have this big trauma of not being able to mourn and to see our dead as we see them every year. But the ripple effect that that carried through the living relatives of those people that were not be able to celebrate. And then also as they are the dead, is larger than life, we've seen how that has affected people elsewhere. I always say this phrase almost at the end of my presentation, and what are we under the skin if not skulls with never-ending smiles? And death is not something that comes to you. Death is something that is within you. For those that can't see my image in the tiny little corner on the side, I invite you all to touch the orbit of your eye and your mandibles and your jaws and your teeth and the bridge of your nose. There's a skull down there. <laughs> There's a skull there. Death don't come to us. Death comes out of us. She's always been with us and we call her she because it's La Muerte and she is always with us. And I believe uh, and I borrow this phrase from somebody else. The opposite of death is not life. The opposite of death is birth. For death is part of life. When we talk about mourning and dying and people who passed on, we don't finish our relationships with them. Our relationships don't end. They evolve. They, they are transformed. And we have these connections with people in a different way. To heal, we need art. God has blessed the art and the artists and the creative minds because we know, you and I know, that without art, we wouldn't be here. Art got us through the pandemic, whether it was TV, Netflix, shows, radio, TikTok, whatever we all turn our eyes back to creation and creativity and art. I'm getting uh, emotional already. If I start crying, I'm sorry, I'm emotional. Um, I see goddess in action every time that I see art and creativity. So that's why I get so emotional when I talk about art. And I think that one of the most beautiful parts of art is the art of storytelling. You know, I have told you these stories before many, many times about the sugar skulls and how they represent life and they're so colorful and beautiful and how we celebrate with this young lady like Katrina and she is the emblematic uh, most recognized image of 
Day of the Day of the Dead. And I think that the boom and the bloom of celebrating Day of the Dead this year has been larger than life. We celebrate life and we celebrate connections and we celebrate art, right? It's so colorful, it's so beautiful. There is no question why the United Nations named it as a oral and intangible human heritage. Day of the Dead has been recognized as oral and tangible uh, human heritage for many years now. And in 2016, there was a movie, one of those James Bond movie that had a parade of people, you know, celebrating Day of the Dead in Mexico City. That never happened before. That was something that they created for the movie. And then what happened is life imitated art. And now uh, it's been two, three years, maybe. Of course, last year it didn't happen. I am not certain if this year is going to happen or not. But now we're doing this little parade or this huge parade, actually, that happens in Mexico City, you know. And people come out and they dance and they are uh, dressed up as sugar skulls and it's just beautiful and colorful. And I think it is a beautiful, beautiful thing how Day of the Dead and the understanding and the comprehension that we are not obsessed with dead, we are obsessed with life and how death is part of life and what we're celebrating is life. And I think that as more people are understanding that globally, it's actually being embraced globally. And then what happened? Well, the butterflies happened. And if you have been attending any of my presentations of Day of the Dead throughout the years, you know this is a first. I've never talked about the butterflies and I guess the time wasn't right. And today the time is right. And again, if I start crying, please bear with me. The butterfly, the monarch butterfly, the, the amazing, amazing traveler that is the monarch, right? It goes through Michoacán, Mexico, which is one of the places where Day of the Dead is huge. And then they go back to the United States. And then the daughters of those butterflies go to Canada. And then the grandmother comes back and comes to the United States and lays eggs. And then the ones that are born are going back to Mexico. And it's something that science has yet to explain because it's not the same butterfly that goes back and forth. Three generations of butterflies are involved in this traveling. The immigrant diaspora. Yeah, I'm one of them. And as we immigrate and move from one place on the earth to the next, we take with us our culture. Well, wherever there is a Mexican, there's going to be Day of the Dead. Wherever there is a Mexican-American, there's going to be a Day of the Dead. Wherever there is any descendant of Mexican people, you're going to find Day of the Dead. And just like the diaspora with the butterfly, it teaches us that things that are this beautiful and this magical cannot be contained, right? They, they go through the world. I am not surprised that this year in particular, and I can tell you this year in particular, I've been in Chicago for 23 years. 
this is a year where Day of the Dead is everywhere. And I mean everywhere. Big box stores are doing commercials. They're talking about tradition. Little stores, people, uh, grocery stores selling marigold flowers and, you know, the cempasuchil, we call it. Um, sugar skulls and even jokes about Day of the Dead and Halloween not able to date because they are from different cultures, but wanting to date one another. I mean, things are getting out of hand, people, and I'm very happy about it because like Mexicans and our culture, we cannot be contained. I don't think we can do anything quietly, seriously. And <laughs> part of that, look at this beautiful image, you know, those, those, uh, so Chiquetzali is a goddess. She's the goddess of beauty. She's the goddess of the feminine divine. She's the goddess that talks about blooming and flowering and, and you know, being one with nature. And the butterfly and the monarch represents that. And this also reminds us of something. And I'm going to be very on the nose here. The butterfly effect. If a butterfly flaps its wings on the other side of the planet, we feel it on this side of the planet. I don't think I need to say more. We are living, breathing, and experiencing the butterfly effect. What has us on a virtual mode at this very moment right now is because of the butterfly effect. And it is a reminder that we are one planet, that we are one human spirit, that we are all interconnected with every being that exists on this planet. And that like the butterfly that spread its wings and goes to Mexico, Canada, and then the United States, and again and again, so are humans. We are by nature nomads. We are by nature travelers. And this is what happened with COVID, right? It was pass from one place to another to another because humans are moving throughout the planet. I wish that humans could move more freely about the planet, but that is another talk and that is a completely different uh, uh, motive for uh, activism. But I think that ecology and the violence of nature and the fragility of our ecosystems it's imperative that we take action now. So many people have died. We have the impending um, pressing, I should say, I rather say, pressing uh, situation with global warming and all of that. So yes, humans are fragile, just like the butterfly, but we are also resilient. And generations over generations, has that resiliency. Don't believe me? Look at the butterfly. Three generations, I tell you. It takes three generations for them to survive. And they are in danger, of course, but I don't think this, I hope <laughs> these butterflies never die, as I hope Day of the Dead never dies. And as I hope that education continues to bring bridges of communication and understanding the difference, I will always say this until I die, the difference between appreciation and appropriation is education. 
If you are here, if you are listening to me rambling, it's because you want to learn about Day of the Dead and because you want to be part of this celebration and because you want to understand what it is about. There is not something so amazingly unique about Day of the Dead. We celebrate in the dead, we celebrate in life. Every culture in the world, every ancestry has their own way of celebrating the dead. Case in point, Sawit, Day of the Dead, Halloween, right? I invite you all to connect with your roots, with your people, with your ancestors, and understand how through your ancestry, you celebrate Day of the Dead. But if you're in the United States and you're not living under a rock, you know that Day of the Dead, just like the butterfly, is expanding beyond borders. Because what are borders if not just imaginary lines, right? And Day of the Dead is moving upwards. <laughs> it's coming to the north and it's coming to take you. So I rather continue uh, sharing this knowledge and sharing this tradition. I have to take a parenthesis here and say thank you to Circle Sanctuary, thank you to Reverend Selena Fox, and thank you to everyone and anyone who ever wants to listen to me talking about the other dead. I might write a book, but see what happened is you are, you get yourself to write a book and then something else happened and then you cannot write a book because it's a living tradition and the best way to pass this tradition is the oral tradition. With that said, Circle Sanctuary has been a steward of this tradition and always given the space with love, with respect. And it's not only Laura Gonzalez that has ever talked about the other day at Circle Sanctuary. This is something that Circle has always included. And I'm very honored to be now, you know, the voice that brings you this tradition. So, how do we celebrate or what do we do to celebrate Day of the Dead in a way that is inviting, that is inclusive, that helps people um, understand what is happening and do it on a way that is respectful? Well, as I have always said before, you need... Uh, if you want to do an altar that is very simple and that is, according to tradition, kind of following the tradition, um, you need your flowers. So if you can find marigold flowers that are fresh, and I'm telling you now, every other market has them because Mexicans are everywhere and where there is demand, there is going to be supply. And I kid you not, at least in Chicago, I have gone to four big box stores and there's marigold flowers so you get your marigold flowers if you cannot find fresh go to any of these stores that sell uh the artificial ones they look cute though they're fake but they look cute um get your fruit and put it on the table if you want to have spiritual references i strongly recommend that you have the Catholic references. So like a cross or a saint, if the person was of that tradition. If you wanna, if you wanna be more indigenous traditional, then you can find the images of the Aztec deities. If you wanna find those and you don't know where to find them, hit me up. 
I can hook you up. I can help you find it. Um, I can help you find artisans and artists that sell everything and anything related to Day of the Dead here in Chicago and even in Wisconsin or elsewhere in the United States. And if not, you can shake a tree and a Mexican will fall and they will tell you where you find it. Uh, but anyway, you need your flowers, you need your fruit, if you want to put some religious imagery or deities, and very, very, very important. And please don't say like Coco, because Coco is like Day of the Dead. Um, the images of your loved ones, the people that you want to honor. In my case, I'm very fortunate that I only have two people that I remember, and I know you understand what I'm saying. So I celebrate my stepson and I celebrate my mom. So you have their image on your altar, very similar to Samhain, of course. And then comes the fun part. What did they like? What was the thing that was good for them, that was important for them? In my case, of course, I have this for show, so it's very tiny, but I usually put, you know, dominoes and uh, playing cards and that kind of stuff because my mom and my stepson, they never knew each other, but they both loved that. So I will put the dominoes and the playing cards there, some change so they can play. <laughs> and, you know, the things that they like, coffee, cigarettes, alcohol, a beer, um, that is very, very Mexican. That's very predominant, you know. But also the religious stuff or the part of the Catholic tradition that is infused with uh, Day of the Dead, the water, the uh, cut paper adornments like the ones here in the tapestry, the candles, of course, safety first. Uh, and of course, the marigold flowers and then any other seed arrangements or food arrangements or stuff that you want to share with the loved ones there on the altar. I believe that is important. But the most important part of creating an altar for Day of the Dead and to taking time to honor the dead on a way that is fashionable, authentic with Day of the Dead, the most important part is doing it, the creation of it. Because then you can bring your cousins, your siblings, your children, and talk about grandma, talk about dad, talk about Uncle Bob, talk about um, Auntie Tiffany, talk about um, if, if your neighbor was your friend. And in, in the Mexican culture, you know, everybody's our tia, everybody's our auntie. So, you know, Auntie so-and-so who was a neighbor and she liked this and that and the other. It is an oral tradition, so keep it orally and tell the new generations who are these people you are honoring, why are they important in your life, and how your relationship is with them now. Because, you know, we, we don't die. Our bodies die, but our energy stays. Whether you believe in reincarnation or not, that's up to you. You do you, boo. But... I think one of the most important parts is that, and I believe in my heart that the most important part of honoring the dead is the connection or reconnection with them, keeping them alive, 
but also the connection with something that is sacred, whether you call it goddess or God or the divine or Buddha or Krishna or Jesus or whatever you call that force, especially in times of, you know, a global pandemic. <laughs> this is a very traumatic year, year and a half, almost two years that we've been having hundreds of thousands of people who have passed, how many of them might not be remembered? So if you have it on your heart, uh, leave a glass of water that is not for anybody, but for those souls that have nobody to remember them. It is part of healing. We need to heal. We need to heal very deeply. We need to heal. Whether you were affected personally by COVID deaths or not, I only had to reach my arms to two sides of the family. We have two losses. We lost two family members in my tiny, tiny Mexican family of 15 people. We lost two people. Needless to say, the hundreds of thousands of people that we have lost to COVID. So I think it's very important that we remember them and that we honor them and that we keep them alive. And that's the name. That's what the name was, you know, more alive than ever. It's moving like the diaspora. It's moving like the butterflies. And I think it's very important that um, we continue the tradition as uh, close to the origin as possible. And that's what I'm here for, to help you. And also um, understanding that the multicultural interfaith, inner religious dimension of what Circle Sanctuary offers to our members is such. So don't ever be shy to come and ask me. And you know, I if if you if you care for my opinion, I will be glad to give it to y'all. I'm looking at the chat and I know we don't have like a very press specific time for this um, talk today, but I'm looking at the chat on YouTube. So if you have any questions or if you have any comments, please put them there. And I want to share with you while you start commenting or putting questions there. Um, it is so important that it's so spread out. Look. I mean, people are becoming so creative. They're doing cookies and they're doing uh, trinkets. And there is a lot of artwork that goes with Day of the Dead. As always, please try to buy from the people. And the most important part, I cannot make it not political. I'm sorry. If you love the culture, if you love the aesthetics, if you love the tradition, don't forget to love the people that is attached to that tradition. Let's be honorful, honor, let's honor the people, let's be respectful, let's not just take because we like, let's give something back. And if you want art, artisans, uh, people that sell traditional stuff, if you're in Chicago, hit me up. If you're not in Chicago, hit me up anyway. I will help you find that. And uh, thank you, I'm seeing the comments, thank you. I don't see questions, but I see comments. So I'm gonna move along to, um, Bob, do we have like 10 minutes left, give or take? Yeah, okay, cool. So um, let's, let's help those people who are still suffering and in pain because of COVID. 
there are a lot of Mexican um, Mexican people in your regions that you can ask, that you can um, help. You can reach out to Raices. You can reach out to the UCLA. You can reach out to other places um, that help Mexican immigrant people and Mexican American people, the DACA people, etc. So let's bring that consciousness to help everybody. Uh, how do we get in contact with Laura? Laura is everywhere. <laughs> you can just Google Laura Gonzalez here concentrate. And there I am, but uh, here. So I just put the comment here on the chat so you know which is my YouTube and then you can track me from there. And something, I have something so important to share with you all. Um, I'm, I'm gonna try to cover the brand name. I mean, it's not a big deal, but um, this was bought at one of those big grocery stores here in Chicago. And I am in awe because this is like absolutely authentic, traditional for Day of the Dead. And as you can see, um, I have, every time I talk about this, um, I only show you photos of the bread, but I have a bread in real life this time. So I want to show it to you. The bread represents earth, you know, because the Catholic tradition that was infused with pagan stuff. Um, so it represents earth, of course, because the grain grows from the earth. And uh, I don't think you can see the brand, but I'm going to try to hide it. And these little ridges that are here, they're supposed to be the bones of the dead. And traditionally, right here at the center, there should be a little bowl of bread that is the head you know and why are we so obsessed with skulls in the head because um it was supposed to be the image of miklansiwat or miktekasiwat that's that's her name and it is the face with no flesh what originally was the depiction of her the goddess and also Oh, yeah, <laughs> Dree. Dree loves this. Okay, so I will, I will say it again. Um, the death emerging from our face. So for a lot of people, I'm going to try to make a brief. Um, the word for dead in Spanish is muerte. The Latin root of the word muerte comes from the Latin morder, which is to bite. So in Spanish, the word muerte comes from the bite that Adam, that Eve did to the apple. So when Eve bit the apple, she doomed humanity with death. We don't have that eternal living gift anymore. And it all happened because Eve bit the apple. And so for other traditions on the world uh, who are in, um, who have the um, root of Catholicism and Christianity, death is finite. You die, you're done. The people of Mexico, the Mexica Tenochca, the so-called Aztecs, did not have a word for death. The word is miquistli. And as I was saying earlier, miquistli and uh, 
Miss Mikistli and Mictlan. Mictlan is the land, the place, and Mikistli is the action. And Mikistli is to dream, to go to sleep and slumber and dream and have that REM movement to go into deep sleep. So we say you go to do Mikistli and then you come back. So you go to sleep and you come back. You go to Mictlan and you come back. You go to sleep and you come back. And then eventually you'll go to Mictlan and you won't come back. But we don't have that concept or the ancestors didn't have that concept of it's ended. So when I invite you all, and I'm going to invite you to do it again. So when you touch your face and you touch around your eyes and the bridge of your nose and your cheekbones, if you have spectacular cheekbones like mine or not, or spectacular like yours, and your lower jaw and your teeth and your upper jaw, and you close your eyes and you just feel, and guess what's there? There's a skull. <laughs> it's a skull. It's a skull. It's your skull. So if death, if Mikteka Seawood is a skull, death don't come to take you. Death comes out of you because death has always been part of life. So when death comes to you or when you become dead, it's part of you. So is death coming out of you? And I know Dree loved that. I, I uh, cut her by surprise when I told her that once and then never since she wants me to say it. Thank you, Dree. I will never do it again without thinking about you actually. What is my most remarkable personal experience of Dia de Muertos? Oh my God. It had to be 10 years ago when my loved ones died. My stepson died on July 2nd, which happened to be my birthday. And my mom died on October 27th of 2011. And there, my stepson's dog, Romeo, died on November 2nd, on Day of the Dead, on 2011. So I had three deaths on the family in 2011. And by the time that the dog died, I had already set up my altar for my mom and for my stepson. That was the first year that I set up the altar for them. And then the dog died. So I printed up a, a photo of a golden retriever because Romeo was a golden retriever. And I put the photo on the altar and I put one of those uh, big bone shaped treats for the dog, but it was a big one, you know, so like let him have a big one. And you can't believe me or you cannot believe me, you do you boo, but I guarantee you, I promise you that I felt it as clear as I'm looking at the screen right now. When I put the bone on the altar, the dog came, the spirit. And I could feel the tablecloth moving. And I could sense, because I sense the presence of the disembodied entity. I don't see them. I don't see them on the corner of my eye, but I feel them. So I felt the presence and I'm like, uh-oh, it's Romeo. But he was very confused. You know, he was like, what am I doing here? Why am I dead type of thing? And I'm like, hey, eat your bone. Because we believe in Mexico that people who come, they eat the food. They don't eat, they don't eat the food, but they 
take sustenance from it. So I told Romeo, you know, eat the food, eat the food. And he lingered and he was very, very confused. And what occurred to me was to open the back door, you know, to let him out. And I did open the back door and I can promise you as big as he was, he was a big gentle giant. I felt that doggy going through the back door and into wherever he needed to go. Now I'm going to cry for real. Um, I guess that is the most memorable um, experience on the day of the dead because it was exactly the day that he was sent into the other world. So, you know, that that is very uh, interesting. So you already have there how to contact me. I already talked about my most experience. And of course, I have to say uh, through my huge ego, you know, I'm not shy about my ego, teaching, teaching about the other dead, teaching about um, our traditions and having spaces and places and people who trust me and lend me the space uh, most recently, Parliament of the World Religions wanted to hear me talk about this. So thank you to everyone who gives me the space to talk about it because this is wonderful. It is my way to honor my ancestors, but it's also my way to, hey, help us out because we're human just like you. And by help us, I mean us Mexicans. We're human just like you. We're people just like you. We feel just like you. We laugh just like you. Our skin is just a little darker you know, but we're humans. So don't dehumanize us and take our holidays or take our aesthetics without caring for us. Uh, we wanna, we, we wanna be part of the American dream. Let us, help us, you know. Thank you everybody. I don't wanna continue getting emotional. <laughs> I don't wanna cry no more. So thank you, thank you, thank you everybody for being here and thank you all for your comments. I will read them later. And please stick around because you know, there's more wonderful celebrations about Samhain on our virtual festival. And to everyone, never forget that you are loved. Love, love. And thank you for joining us on the Circle Sanctuary Network podcast presented by Circle Sanctuary, and produced for all who follow the Nature Center paths. Join us here throughout the week for various programming connecting the community around the world. And please don't forget to watch for updates on the Circle Sanctuary website at www.circlesanctuary.org. And follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash csnpodcasts. We can also be found on your favorite podcast hosting sites, such as iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and others. And until next time, many blessings.